Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been doing what she does for almost two decades. She's a private practice owner, a chaostician, a magazine columnist, a best-selling author, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites including Fortune, Martha Stewart Weddings, Psych Central, The New York Post, Success, and many more. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be New York Times bestseller, key players in their profession, or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next Chaos Crushing guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dr. Colleen Mullen, and you're listening to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, bringing you what you need to succeed. This podcast is designed to educate you and empower you to live a successful life. New episodes are launched every Tuesday along with an article on my blog at coachingthroughchaos.com. Before we get into today's topic, I wanted to take a minute to thank you for listening to the show so far. We're on episode 7. And we learn each week as we go along something new about podcasting and producing, something that I think that you'd like to hear. I'd love to share more with you. So I've just made my ebook available to you for free just for signing up for my mailing list. My book, Five Ways It's 100 Tips for Living a Happier, Healthier Life, is comprised of 20 lists of ways to improve your life. You'll get tips on quitting smoking, getting the job you want, having better sex, improving your relationships, time management, and so much more. In signing up for the mailing list, you'll also get direct access to my latest episodes and newest content. You'll never be spammed and you can opt out at any time. You can sign up for the mailing list at coachingthroughchaos.com slash podcast and the book is my thank you gift to you. Today's topic is about how to help couples talk about money. Who doesn't stress about money? If we're broke, we're always trying to make more and worried about where the next check will come from. And if we're rich, we still worry about making money. We worry about making more and maintaining the money that we've already made. Money and personal finances are still one of the few taboo things to talk about, though, in our society. I don't know about you, but I have no idea how much money my friends make. I can guess, but I certainly couldn't ask them. Yet, if you know they've got an infection in their toe, or they caught fleas from their dog, or they have an upset stomach from a bad meal, I'm totally going to hear all about that. You probably will too on their social media. But how much money they make? Well, they're not saying, and I'm not asking, because we're just taught it's not polite. Somehow, even with all the changes in our social graces over the last few decades, that's one thing that hasn't changed. We just don't speak publicly about how much money we make. But we do talk about money. We complain about it or express our concerns about it. I decided to ask a few people at different life stages what their biggest concern is about money right now. They all had concerns, but they were all different. Let's take a listen. here with Josh and he is in his mid-20s and just out of graduate school. Josh, right now, what is your biggest financial concern? I would say my biggest financial concern has to be paying off all the debt and student loans that I've accrued over the years. 
And to do that, just making sure I get a uh, steady paycheck so I can pay off all the necessary bills and monthly payments from those loans. Candace, you have two elementary school age kids. What's your biggest financial concern about the future for you and your husband? Making sure that we are able to support them through college and just being able to pay for everything each year as they get older. Cass, you just joined your husband in retirement. I'm wondering, what is your biggest financial concern right now? So right now, Colleen, I think it would be sustainability of our assets. Being able to maintain the level of that good life that we now experience and share. The concerns that I have really have to do with future tax codes, the rate of inflation, what's that going to be in a few years because we don't know if it's going to be stable or not. And also, because we have health and pension benefits with our prior employers, what's the stability and the strength of those plans going to be down the road? We don't know. We don't have any control over that, and that's something that concerns us. Because you're in a position that you're fortunate enough to be living off of the pension right now and your savings. And I know that you also have a daughter and a grandchild. And are there financial concerns that you have relating to them as your role as a grandparent? So absolutely. As you say, we are very fortunate that we've got this income. And so we don't have to start withdrawing from our savings. We can just live off the interest and the uh, other work that we've been doing all these years and the savings that we've had has now allowed us to have this little stream of income, which has not, it's not a lot of money. I mean, we're not living grandiose life, but we are living a very, very good life, a lovely life here. Of course, we would like to have a chunk of change for the kids and the grandkids and be able to spoil them rotten after we're gone. So in the long run, I think that's something that we hope we'll be able to do. So you're thinking of your financial legacy that you want to leave your kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things. I mean, it's not about things, but if you can make their life easier and nicer, a tip of the hat goes off to the grandparents, I say. And now, from the position that you're in, would you have any advice for younger couples that are looking to live a comfortable life in retirement? What would you say? I think that it's wise to start early, start saving as soon as you can and as much as you can. And I know that sometimes it's very difficult. It was for us when we first were married. We waited to have kids, and during that time, you know, the paychecks were small. So I think if you can put $10 aside a week or a month, whatever it is, start saving in earnest and do it on a regular basis. And also I think that you need to decide as a team what's your risk tolerance going to be. I think when you're younger, you can take a bigger risk with the investments that you make, and as you get older, not so much. We're actually going to be talking about taking risks as a couple and about the financial legacy that we want to leave our kids later on the podcast. That was fun, and I hope normalizing for you. We all feel the stress of money at times. And then when we think of couples and their money, it feels like it should be a whole other ballgame. You know, now you've got someone to share the burden with, but is it? I don't know. It doesn't seem to be. Money is still one of the things that is most argued about by couples. If you search online, you'll find article after article about how money is the hottest point of contention between couples. I found surveys that quoted between 35 and 57% of couples complaining that money is their number one problem. Whether they argue or not, couples face a lot of stressors in life, work, 
family, kids, who's going to do the grocery shopping, who's going to wash the dishes. But when different financial philosophies or struggles enter the picture, it can absolutely get them stuck. Money affects all of us differently. Our parents' philosophy around money often dictates our own. One person may be a spender, the other may be a saver. I've seen couples run into a lot of trouble when they believe their partner's handling all their finances. In my practice, I've even come across couples who have literally avoided talking about their financial picture for years. Once a couple gets locked into this avoidant pattern, it can be hard to break, but it can be done. Have you thought about your financial legacy? What you will leave your family? Do you and your spouse talk about your family budget and then do you stick to it? And who's got boomerangs living at home? And if you know who boomerangs are, then you probably do or have had them. Today's guest is going to cover these topics and a few more. My guest is Jeff Motsky. He's a nationally recognized financial advisor. He's an author, an accomplished executive, and a radio show host. He's a founding partner of Trilogy Financial and the host of Declare Your Financial Independence on 1110 AM KFAX in San Francisco. Trilogy says that their plan is to bring real planning to real people and help them find the proven steps towards financial independence, living off their investments and assets in retirement. When Jeff was creating Trilogy, he avoided the Wall Street style of thinking of his industry and opted for a more Main Street style approach to investing. Today, Trilogy has become a nationwide firm with clients from coast to coast. Their clients have over $2 billion in assets with them, and their staff has grown to over 150 financial advisors. Let's take a listen. Jeff, your book is The Couple's Guide to Financial Compatibility. Can you talk about who you are, what you do, and how you came to write this book? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been a financial planner, certified financial planner for the past uh, two decades, and been helping clients and in particular couples, you know, navigate their finances. And I found out, you know, in all of my meetings that there's a lot of people that really argue, not necessarily in front of me, they're on their best behavior, but they argue away from me about their finances. So I built a quiz and that's actually in the book that I've been using with couples now for the past five years. And what I found was that quiz was a great conversation starter and it got people thinking and asking the right questions, but then there needed to be a resource behind that. So that's why I decided to write the book. So I went out and did a little of my own research, obviously used a lot of my own experience with clients to come up with the topic in the book. Great. And um, so you've mentioned the quiz, and now it's the War of the Wallets quiz is what I'm supposing you're talking about that you've been using all these years. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? And my curiosity is that if a couple scores on opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, are they doomed? Can somebody who wants immediate gratification and buying all their pretty stuff and somebody who's a retirement planner, can they get along? Well, the shorter answer is yes, if they start to make changes. But the quiz itself, it's 34 questions. It breaks into four types of categories, or one of them is a lifestyle value type section. One of them is a risk type section when it comes to like their investments and so forth. Another one is their planning and their their thought process on the planning side of things. And finally, they they sit down and they talk about trust. And what I found when most people took the quizzes, they scored fairly well on trust. They scored horribly on planning. 
So what the quiz does is it starts to get them to think about goals and planning and so forth. And then your part earlier about if you have a vendor and a saver, that's pretty common in society that you've got one that spends more and one that wants to save more. And I think when you start to get people to think about their goals in life as a couple, then it becomes far easier to start getting them to think about planning and so forth. So if you've got somebody that's a really big saver and one that's a really big bender, but they both agree that, you know what, we want to have a house. All of a sudden, the, the spender starts saying, is what I'm buying all this stuff worth foregoing not having a house? Or another great one is a, is a life event. They, ha they have their first child. And all of a sudden, they start thinking differently about spending and saving because planning comes in. Because the natural thing for a, a new parent are to say, well, we want to start planning for our child's future. And let's just say it's a college fund. They may say that they're going to be more motivated to save for college now versus just spending like crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so you, so this quiz helps them kind of get on the same page as to what their goals are and kind of develop common goals. It gives them a language for that. Yeah, and the quiz is is the great conversation starter, as I like to say. When I, when cu couples leave my office after taking the quiz, um, I guarantee they walk down to the lobby. They're in the car and they're saying hey, how did you answer that question on retirement compatibility? Or how did you answer that question about raising our kids? Or how did you answer that question about legacy? All those types of things get people thinking and start to communicate. And, that, and that's the key beginning point is getting them to communicate and start to have some common goals that they're both emotionally excited about. Yeah, great. Um, now, I think so many couples, when you talk about the goals for the future, I think so many couples get overwhelmed at the idea of investing because at that point, if they come up with goals that are for the retirement, they have to start investing in something, I suppose. Uh, can you talk about some of the points that a couple should consider when deciding on how to make investments or when to make the investments? Yeah, and I talk about this uh, in the book and I talk about it all the time, but it's, you know, goals can get real simple if you break them down to what I call a financial house or building your own finance, custom financial house. And that includes getting your, your land or your income set up, which is, you know, a part of your plan, but then going into the next category, which is your foundation, your flooring, and that's all of your expenses that are in the household. All that is tied to a budget. And you have to have a budget to really become financially successful long-term. And it, it's not how much money you make. It's more about how, how, how are you tracking it. I think a lot of people get lost in the weeds when it comes to budgeting because they try to account for every single penny. I try to keep it real simple. Use a one-page budget sheet. Uh, but then once you've figured out your budget, now you can start to figure out, okay, we can start setting aside some emergency funds for our our plan, which is the walls of the house. Then we can start doing the goals of our plan, which is the rooms inside of your house. And then you have to have a roof on top to protect it, and that's your insurance. And if you get couples to think about it that way, that visual makes a lot of sense to them. It makes a lot of sense to them. And I think what I found is that now they go, okay, now we get it. It's, it's not that complicated when you break it down into something that people can relate to. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the analogy of the house and all the different rooms. So um, I think this is a great time. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with Jeff Motsky again. You're listening to Coaching Through Chaos, your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen, bringing you what you need to succeed.
All right, and we're back with Jeff Motsky talking about couples and their finances. So, Jeff, your book talks about the boomerang kids, you know, that generation that comes back as adults after getting out into the workforce or going to college, and then they come home and they're living with mom and dad. Can you tell us about how to help parents decide if to let the kids back in the home and how to talk about the financial obligations that they might expect of them at that point in their life. Yeah, and there's a lot of these kids out there and they're essentially the millennial generation that's graduated from school and in some cases can't find a job that they can be on their own or they've got so much student loan debt that they're really struggling. So they want to move back in with mom and dad. And, and by the way, the millennial kids are extremely comfortable doing that. Other generations were not, but they're extremely comfortable doing that. So as a parent, you've got to recognize that they're going to be comfortable coming back into your environment. And how are you going to handle that? And my feeling on that, and I talk about this a lot in the book, is that you still want them focused on getting back out of the house, which means building their career. So if you've got an energetic, eager son or daughter that comes back and they've got some student loan debt and they're out there looking for a job or looking for a career and so forth, by all means, that should be their focus. You shouldn't be trying to pound them with rent, and you shouldn't be trying to pound them with all these expenses. If they're not focused, though, and they're sitting home playing video games or they're working on their golf swing or whatever else they're doing, then I think it's the time to have that serious conversation about where they are in life and so forth. And you need to put a stick out there, so to speak, so, to speak, so that they'll start to realize that they need to start moving forward in their career and their life too. And there's a lot of these kids out there. Yeah. I think it's great that there's this two-way perspective on this. You know, if they've already learned the sense of responsibility and obligation, then you probably don't have to do that extra push to hold them accountable at home. But if for some reason it just isn't connecting, it's better to put those things in place. Absolutely. And it's good to just communicate those things up front when they're moving back in, what, what the ground rules are and what your expectations are as a parent. And I say they're kids, but they're adults. I mean, these are adults that have graduated. Right. We're talking about people in their 20s, even in their 30s. Yes. That's great that you talk about doing it at the onset of them coming home. It's not come home and have a transition time. It's come home and this is what the ground rules will be. And I think as a couple, make sure you discuss that and you both agree what your expectations are too. And it, so much of what I talk about in the Couple's Guide to Financial Compatibility is being proactive and not reactive. Because when you're reactive, emotions fly and bad decisions are made a lot. Or if you're proactive and you communicate as a couple and you communicate to your millennial child that's coming back or a millennial adult that's coming back in your household, you're going to be far better off than just waiting around. Yeah, great advice. Now, moving past that, what should people do to make a smooth transition to retirement? I know there's all sorts of things that they could be doing. Could you give us some guideline of like, when should they be starting to plan and how do they make a transition? Like say the last five to 10 years before they retire, what should that look like? Yeah. The earlier you start planning for retirement, the better, because retirement's expensive. So the sooner you start looking at that room in your house and plan, the better. But as far as things to think about, there's all kinds of them out there. And I think most people focus on the financial aspect. Do I have enough money to retire? And that's true. You need to sit down with a qualified financial advisor that can help determine you've got enough to replace your income to live the lifestyle you want to live. But there's also health insurance check. If you're not 65, you don't qualify for Medicare then you need to make sure how are you going to handle that gap that's out there. There's understanding how your Social Security works. That's another avenue. 
But the one that really gets neglected a lot, and I, this is one of the topics that I love really dearly about the book, is what I call retirement compatibility in the relationship. And, and I'll give you an example. I've had this numerous times where a couple will be, um, one will be working and one will be at home, and all of a sudden the one retires, and they're at home all day long. And they have never been around each other 24-7. Now they are, and they're pulling each other's hair out and emotionally fighting about them being together quote, too often. It may seem strange, but I've seen it time and time again. Because you've been away working 40, 50 hours a week, and now you're home all day long. But making sure. Also, you know, what are you going to do with your time? What are they going to do with their time? And what are you going to do with what I call our time? So it's kind of like my time, your time, and our time together. And really thinking through what you're going to do in those areas. That will help solve a lot of the other issues that we talked about earlier. So everything comes down to communication about how they want to live, about retirement, about the kids. All the financial stuff comes down to communication and planning and goal setting, it sounds like. Is that kind of too simplifying for it? No, and here's the easiest formula to do it. Commit as a couple to a financial date night monthly. Uh, My wife and I have been doing this for 20 plus years, but once uh, a month, you sit down as a couple and you talk about the things we're discussing uh, on, on the show is that you talk about kids and kids coming back, planning for college or wherever you are, whatever stage you are in your life, that you're, you're in a, an environment. And I would say it's either, you know, a nice dinner and a bottle of wine, or you can have coffee and dessert, but an area outside of the house where you get together and you talk about these goals and issues. Well, that's a very proactive approach and not reactive and good decisions are made. You stay on the same page. You're continually communicating, and it leads to financial happiness. Great, right. And when everybody knows why the meeting is happening and that it's just part of your life together, it's not this oppositional thing or something you have to worry is going to be confrontational with your spouse. Yeah, and it's also a forum where you cannot, you can discuss openly because you know that's what the topic's going to be. And my wife and I go out every week, but once a month we go out and, and talk about financial things going on in our relationship and how it's impacting our financial house. So it's just an easy way. And it's a safe environment where the the emotions are in control and you're able to discuss these things intelligently. Fantastic advice. Absolutely. So Jeff, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Because I think you're all over the place. You're on the radio. You've got your business. You've got a website. Why don't you tell everybody how they can reach you and what you can offer them? Yeah, I mean, the my, my personal website, jeffmotzke.com. It's Jeff. Uh, M-O-T-S-K-E dot com has all the stuff we're talking about as far as book and radio show. I'm also the CEO of Trilogy Financial, which that's you can access uh, Trilogy Financial there as well. That's the easiest way to go. As far as buying the book, it's available in any of your um, local bookstores, wherever you buy bookstores or wherever you buy things online. It's through Amazon or Barnes & Noble, any any form you can buy the book through too. Great. So jeffmotsky.com. And where is Trilogy Financial? We are headquartered in Huntington Beach, California, but we've got offices from coast to coast and we help about uh, 40,000 families. Amazing. Fantastic. So thanks, Jeff, for being here. This has been a great interview, and um, you've got a lot of information to offer people. So I do hope they follow up and check out your website at jeffmotsky.com. Thanks, Colleen. And again, I'm glad you're talking about what I consider an extremely important topic that not enough people are discussing. Very good. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. That was a fun interview for me. My husband and I took Jeff's quiz, and it was definitely helpful for honing in on specific ways that we each think about money and our habits around it. 
Jeff talked about a financial legacy, how to talk with your adult kids about financial responsibilities when they move back home, and he talked about the financial date night. It may sound funny, but a lot of what he talked about to keep the couple healthy financially is similar to the work us marriage therapists do at times with our clients. One of the key components to a happy relationship is effective communication, and you need that to do any of the things that Jeff was talking about. I think the financial date night is a great idea. You know, it can relieve the stress of how do I or when do I bring up this topic to my partner when we know that we've set aside some time to talk about just that. Couples can bring notes with them for these date nights, uh, and doing the meeting outside of the house also allows you to feel safe so you can talk with your partner without the risk of emotional explosion that can happen when you're at home alone. Couples that have been avoidant of talking about their finances probably are avoidant about other topics as well. Getting back into talking about these uncomfortable topics can add stress to an already stressful situation. Keep in mind that the financial date night should be looked at as a time for collaborative problem solving and a time to express concerns effectively. And that's the key word there, effectively. I'd really recommend that if couples that have been avoidant find that they're still having trouble addressing the issues or don't know how to go about talking about it, uh, that they seek out a few sessions with a marriage therapist. Most marriage therapists are interested in helping couples effectively communicate and develop the skills to talk with each other safely and authentically without needing the therapist for very long. Deciding to go to couples counseling can be intimidating, but it's really not uncommon for couples to reach out at a time when they're about to embark on a new way of communicating or to ask for help with that. The article that accompanies this episode on coachingthroughchaos.com has some communication resources linked to it. Check it out, and you can also shoot me an email if you have a specific question that you'd like answered. As we wrap up this episode of the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, I want to thank Jeff Motsky for joining me. You can find out all about Trilogy Financial Services, and of course, you can find his book, The Couple's Guide to Financial Compatibility, at jeffmotsky.com. Next week, I'll be bringing you best-selling author and entrepreneur, Melanie Notkin. She's joining me to talk about her book, Otherhood, Modern Women Finding a New Kind of Happiness. She was a blast to talk to, a lot of fun, and she writes in such a relatable way about a heavy subject. She'll also talk with us about her savvy anti-website and community and her entrepreneurial ventures. I know I definitely related to her book, and I'll be interested in finding out if you do too. As always, I want to thank Dr. B for my audio editing and engineering, as well as BennettSullivanMusic.com for my theme music. I want to give a special thanks to Candace, Cass, and Josh for sharing their financial concerns with me for this episode. To follow me between episodes, you can find me on Twitter with the handle at Dr. Colleen Mullen. I'd love to hear from you there. And also on Facebook at Coaching Through Chaos. Remember that from now on, when you sign up for my mailing list at coachingthroughchaos.com slash podcast, you will also receive a free copy of my ebook, Five Ways It's 100 Tips for Living a Happier, Healthier Life. That's my thank you gift to you. I do hope you're having a great week, and if you've got chaos in your life, I hope you're finding your way through it. Take care.